Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Bridge Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You know what? I had a professor in college who told me 50% of life is just showing up and acting like you know what's going on. This has proven to be sage advice for me. 100% of my life is that. All right. Speaking of which. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 16. I'm Laura. I'm Elisa. And I'm Matt. No Andrew this week. He is currently on a mission to be a vagabond, from what I understand. Uh, Last I heard from him, he was in a car recording voice messages from us about Huma Abedin uh, forwarding all of her emails from the State Department to Anthony Weiner and how pissed off he was that this bitch apparently didn't have a printer because she was forwarding them to to Weiner for him to print them for her. Uh, So that's that's the last we've heard of Andrew. I don't know where he is or what state he's in. Does anyone know? What, like actual state or in in a mental state? Well, both. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's a lot to, it's a lot to move. Yeah, I mean, but for anybody who may not remember or isn't familiar with what's going on, Andrew's leaving California. He's driving across the country to New Jersey, and he packed all of his life's belongings into his car and left. Does this include his dog, by the way? Is Brooklyn going? Did we ever find out? I think because we we left that wide open. (laughs) We didn't really get any clarification on if he's actually like giving away his dog see he can't do this to us because we're in the middle of a season right now if he's gonna do some shit like this it's got to be a cliffhanger at the end i know know well maybe it can be maybe we just (laughs) don't tell the listeners period until the end of the year and it's like like where in the world is brooklyn (laughs) did you guys watch uh the night of there was yes yeah the whole situation with the cat Because that's what I was mostly focused on the entire time, was whether, like, (laughs) the cat gets taken to the the shelter and left and gets killed or, oh, my Mm. God, it was crazy. Maybe that's what the show's like. Maybe people only care about Brooklyn, and that's why they've stuck with us for so long. He's very cute. Yeah. I am actually getting a dog on Sunday, (gasps) four days from now. So it worked out. I know you had filled out the application. Yeah, we filled out the application, and like, basically, technically, the uh, the rescues company was like, yeah, I mean, we have to come to your house to make sure that the living situation is good and everything. But it was bullshit. Like, I don't even think they're going to come over. But yeah, on Sunday they they emailed me 
or sun, they emailed me saying on Sunday I'm going to get my little oh my, my little doggy. He's so cute. Have you have you picked him out yet, or is this just yeah. like a? Oh, I, yeah. He's he's already picked. Yeah, no. It's just it's he like sent a us, surprise bitch for dogs. <laughs> he sent us a picture in the Facebook chat, bitch. I don't pay attention to yeah, well, you guys. He's a, he's a cockapoo. He's like a cockapoo. A, he's a cocker spaniel poodle mix. Uh, I really wanted to get a corgi, but they are not hypoallergenic, and I have allergies. And they're expensive. So I had to get through that. They're expensive as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've had quite a week then. I mean, I feel like this this is oh, kind yeah. of, this week is ending on a high note for you, but it started out kind of low. Do you want to tell us what happened? Last week, I was walking home from work to my car. And I realized that my side view mirror was completely decapitated and my passenger window was completely shattered. And just, I I think someone like took a bat or something and bashed my side view mirror and then it like ricocheted onto my passenger window because my, my mirror, my side view mirror was in my car. Wow. So I had to go to the police station. Yeah file a report and now I have to call my insurance to see if I can if I can get any money for it but yeah it's been it's been a week for me it yeah. really has well at least it's gonna end on a on a high note when you get your dog have you decided what you're gonna name it no no my boyfriend and I are at complete odds I thought you were um, saying you were gonna wants... name it no that'd be yeah, funny that's his, that, that would be better than the one he wants to call it girlfriend Ew. Oh. Because he thinks it's so funny. Girlfriend. Girlfriend, come here. Like, he thinks that's a great name. See, I think there are a lot of better names that you could do that would be really funny. Like, I have a friend who has a dog that she named Breakfast. And I fucking love it because anytime this dog... said Brexit. No. No, no, no. <laughs> anytime this dog escapes, which is frequent, my friend has to chase after her yelling, Breakfast! <laughs> And I just think it's hilarious. So like, that's you could do something like that. Yeah, that I would be down for something like that. But he he likes girlfriend and hashtag. Oh no, I work with somebody who named their dog hashtag. Actually, great. So it's not original. That's no, it's not. Great. Just like great. everything with a hashtag in front of it is not original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I mean, his name right now is Scotty, but neither mm-hmm. of us like it. So we're gonna change yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there. Well, Well, hey, speaking of unoriginal things, United Airlines has revealed some policy updates following a very brutal dragging of a passenger off of one of their planes. Um, Some of these are interesting to me. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to read over this list. Yeah. Um, One of the main takeaways for me was that they were increasing... Uh, customer compensation incentives for voluntary denied boarding up to $10,000. This was something that we actually saw out of Delta in response to this whole incident as well. Um, So it seems like at least the monetary compensation is going to be a bit better. But a lot of this stuff is like provide employees with with annual training and reduce the amount of overbooking. So a lot of this just seems kind of like lip service Really? I don't know what you guys think. I think it was okay. I like... So, the the most important change that United is making is that now they're going to um, stop the use of law enforcement 
to remove passengers unless it's like a critical safety issue, which I'm, I think that that's really key here. It's like United is, they're entitled to be a shitty fucking company all they want, but they're not entitled to use law enforcement as like their personal security arm, particularly when it's, you know, an assault and battery of a passenger. But like, so I, I, I'm glad that they made that change in particular. But to me, it's like, why was that not policy in the first place? I still will never understand why it was ever acceptable to use local police departments to get paying peaceful passengers off of a plane. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't get that. So whatever. But that's that's rehashing old news. I was happy that they made the change, I guess. I'm glad that they're increasing the incentives to deboard up to ten thousand dollars. That should have been a no-brainer too. Yeah, a um, lot they're of these also are they're also no longer going to require seated customers who are already on the plane to give up their seat um, unless there is a safety or security issue. So that's pretty critical as well. And then some of the other ones, Laura's right, are sort of tertiary. I'm not sure how they relate to the actual incident, but. Um, you know, whatever, I don't really give a shit. Like, at least, like, those three things seem pretty substantive to me. Uh, and, and also, apparently, they paid the guy who was fucked up, like, a shitload of money. We don't know how much, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just keep calling it an undisclosed amount, which means it's a fuck ton of money, which I think he rightly deserves. I did want to bring up a point, though, Elisa, um, to, to the point that you just made about why is it necessary to bring on law enforcement to remove peaceful passengers from a plane. And I've heard a lot about this because I know a couple of people personally who are flight attendants. And I heard from one of them that this could have happened on any airline because most airlines operate within the same sort of policy confines as United. And what they were telling me is, okay, well, if you're asking somebody to get off a plane and they're refusing, that's technically... Um, what is it? What is it called? They're like trespassing. Te- yeah, I mean they're they're technically disobeying things like the FAA, right? Like that you're supposed to abide by whatever a member of the crew tells you to do when you're in an aircraft. And so, what they were saying is okay. Like, yeah, it may not be right to ask them to deboard. You may have a moral issue with that, but if they're refusing to comply with a member of of the flight crew, then the only thing we can do is call law enforcement. Yeah, or, you know, offer more money to D-board or Mm -hmm. not overbook in the first place or accept the fact that someone else can't get on the fucking plane and get on your goddamn way. I can think of five other things that you could do instead, but I, I mean, I get, I, I, I see, I see that point, like, when I, I see the point that it's like a private company and if if they say, hey, you need to get the fuck off, it's technically their property and that they have a right to tell anyone to get off of their property the same way that, you know, your parents might tell someone to get off of their property. I get that like technically and legally that that is true. I just think that it's real shitty and that they should exercise like a dozen other options that immediately come to my mind first. Yeah. Um, I want to know what, like, how, how is it possible that an, a flight can be overbooked and you not know it? I feel like that's just completely irresponsible. Well, they, well, know they, it. they do know it. 
I know, but like once a flight is overbooked, I think they should at least put up like a sign or something, a notification that says, just so you know, the flight's overbooked. So you might be bumped from this flight. But well, you can be think... put on a queue or something for like a discounted price. Like that I would give care. more of a customer service incentive. Like it's not that hard. You have that kind of money, just saying. <laughs> Okay, well, we don't want to spend too much time rehashing old news. So, Elisa, we had a really kind of disturbing story out of Facebook this week, right? Yeah, so this is fucking weird. And by the way, this news comes out of um, Australia and New Zealand. This is where the leaked document was discovered. And so uh, we think at the moment that this only applies to those two countries. But a leaked document... shows that Facebook has been researching how to prey on, quote, vulnerable and depressed teens. Facebook says that all the data that they collect, including for this market research, abides by every law, domestic and international, and that they leave users' information completely anonymous. So your name or or IP address is not attached to any of this. But nonetheless, they do admit that they have been researching how to sort of connect the emotions you convey in your statuses to merchandise to sell you. And they particularly target teenagers who use a lot of negative emotions, like, you know, feeling sad, feeling depressed. They particularly target those teens with um, merchandise that advertises things like, you know, beauty products or weight loss pills, stuff like that, because one, they're teenagers, they're more susceptible, and two, they're clearly depressed and vulnerable, and so it's very likely that they're going to want to improve their body image. So that's what Facebook has been doing, and and again, this, this news comes out of, of Australia. It's unclear if they're applying this globally, but Australia, even Australia has said, even though you're uh, abiding by a lot by most of our laws, that technically there's a problem here because it could fly in the face of some of Australia's protections uh, for for youth and for kids. Uh, some of their child endangerment laws, for example, prohibit companies from explicitly targeting um, vulnerable youth. So Facebook could be breaking laws in that regard. So we'll keep an eye on this, but I just think it's like super fucked up. I get that like they're a private company and they want to make money, but how much more goddamn money do you need? Your Facebook. Like, do you really have to stoop to this level Mm -hmm. to try and sell like beauty products to teenagers who are depressed? Like that just seems like morally bankrupt. Well, and this all kind of seems a little bit extra to me, you know, like, Facebook already targets product ads to you based on your statuses and based on your other internet search history. So, I mean, this feels like really weirdly targeted and it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Like Facebook already, like for instance, one time guys, I was doing some research on HIV and like for the next, (laughs) for the next month, all of my Facebook ads were for at-home HIV testing kits. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. Well, they got their target. I mean, I mean. they hit their target audience, I guess. But you, you see what I'm saying, though? Like, It seems extraneous. Like, why are we targeting this specific audience? Have they gotten some kind of data on the back end that has told them, like, hey, 
these are this is like a cash cow. You need to like grab that piggy bank and just shake the shit out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what's that's what's scary is that mm-hmm. Facebook sees that this is a untapped market that can be just bled dry. I, I it's pretty much the same song and dance though we've heard that uh, with the presidential election though us just only seeing stuff that they know like posts and news feeds that we know we will like like this isn't kind of like this is more like like your recent search on amazon and they suggest this you know some pills but i want to see what facebook's advertising to me right now everybody pull up your pull up your facebook and tell me what they're advertising for you um for me they are advertising something called wonder brow some kind of eyebrow pencil yeah um, I've seen that. Um, mine are knives. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. It's called the Incredible Knife with an Honest Price. It's Japanese, though, so you know it's oh, legit. so it's legit, totally. Yeah. Um, I personally think that Facebook would try to sell Elisa a pressure washer when she's depressed. What? what? I... Is that because I love power washing? Yes. I can't believe you remember <laughs> this about me. That's so... <sighs> so yeah, let me I'm tell too. you something, guys. This is a, a, a little side story. It's a slight tangent, but we'll get right on uh, right on topic here in a minute. Uh, one day, I shit you not, Elisa sent me no less than five separate videos of, like, sidewalks and, like, sidings on people's houses being power washed. <laughs> I... <laughs> I think I was doing you a fucking solid. You're welcome. Okay. You know, I kind of, I kind of have to side with Elisa on this one. This, it's like one of those videos that just kind of calms you down. It is. You know, just so... watching people power wash shit. I am not going to apologize for who I am as a human. That shit is fucking relaxing and it's very satisfying. By the way, <laughs> when you see like the before and after, like. Oh God! Like this shit is caked on there. Like some of that fucking mildew is baked into the concrete, and only a power washer will get it out. And you watch them do it. It's I swear to God, like I I get like chills, actual goosebumps when I watch it. Sometimes it's. So I mean, good. I can kind of get it. I liken it to the sensation of using a pore strip on your face, you know, and then like yeah. the moment where you oh, take it off, and you're like, oh yeah, yes. that was all in my skin. I show everybody that. <laughs> I think we should take pictures of our pore strips and post them online. Yep, new album art. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Like instead of like instead of our faces, it's just like like each of our pore strips. Mm-hmm. We label them. Totally down for this. I don't know. This is getting really weird. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, what else is Facebook doing? Well, back on the homeland, um, Mark Zuckerberg announced actually today. <laughs> Uh, that it that they are hiring an additional 3,000 workers to its community operations team in an effort to respond to and remove uh, violent videos. They uh, The new hires will try to address a problem that has plagued the social giant of late, violence either being streamed over Facebook Live or uploaded after being recorded. In only the past month, a man in Thailand live-streamed the murder of his infant daughter, and an Alabama man live-streamed his suicide. Also, an Ohio man uploaded a video of a murder that he had committed. And also, teenagers in Tennessee recorded a shooting. So, what Zuckerberg is doing is 
he is going to have the community operations team for Facebook. Um, he, they already have about 4,500 people who uh, already do this. And this extra 3,000 will review millions of reports about potentially offensive content each week. So I don't know if, I don't know, what, do you guys think this is even going to make a difference? I mean, probably not. I think it's, I, I, I know, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to t- uh, try to get it taken down faster, but they say nothing about trying to, like, take it down immediately because w- Facebook Live is, it's in the name. Like, yeah. it's live. I kind of see it as more of a, an attempt to deter people from doing this kind of stuff um, because the whole point is it's, it's attention-seeking in one way or another, and I think they're hoping that if people fear that their videos are going to be taken down midstream because of violent or otherwise inappropriate content, that maybe they won't do it. Uh, I don't really know that I think that'll work most of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, Facebook is such a... It's it's self-containing in so many ways. I mean, it's the kind of thing where I know that the people who work on it behind the scenes aren't just sitting there twiddling their thumbs, but to a certain degree, you can sit back and just let Facebook be Facebook and the users run it at that point. Mm -hmm. So when you've got such a volume of people using the social network, I think it's really difficult to control who's using it and what they're doing and when. Um, So this kind of behavior, I agree that we need to find an answer. Uh, I just don't know that there's a good one as to how to approach it. People are going, I mean, people are going to record themselves doing really dumb and violent shit no matter what. But as long as Facebook Live, as long as there's an, an outlet for something to be live streamed, like that's just going to continue no matter what. We have something else uh, that happens over social media that's going to continue as long as that platform exists, right, Matt? Uh, yes, and I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and that is our lovely little sun-dried cum stain, Donald Trump. <laughs> so... Trump this week, we have to talk about him. Like, it's our fault. We allowed him to happen. Um, Trump this week discussed the origins of the Civil War during an interview with a CNN reporter when he asked, why was there the Civil War? Why could that one not have been worked out? (laughs) He finally compared his presidential campaign to Andrew Jackson, whose home he visited earlier. That's why he mentioned Andrew Jackson. And he said, I mean... Had Andrew Jackson been a little later, you wouldn't have had the Civil War. He had a big heart. He was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. There's no reason for this. People don't ask that question. But why was there a Civil War? Why would that one not have been worked out? Um, my head hurts just saying it. So um, I know you, you ladies have a lot of opinions about this. So I'm just going to kick it off to you. I just want to know, so like, I feel like Andrew Jackson must have had like a three-eyed raven or some shit in his life to know about the Civil War since, you know, he died like 16 years before it happened. Yeah. Yes. People don't. Yeah. Andrew, first of all, (laughs) I, I don't even know. What the fuck is going on here? My my first concern is whether or not the president of the United States ever went to fifth grade. Did he ever go through elementary school? Did he ever have a teacher? Does he know what school is? 
That's my question. <laughs> because I feel like if you're an American, this these questions were answered for you by the time that you were eight. I mean, listen to this. People, this is an actual quote. People don't realize, you know, the Civil War, if you think about it. Why? People don't ask that question. But why was there a Civil War? First of all, I mean, sir, he, he's right. No one asks this question. Fucking because everyone, everyone fucking knows the reason. Fucking everyone. I remember asking this question in the third grade when I had my first book report due. And I was like, why was there a Civil War? And you want to know what my third grade teacher told me? It was one word. It was real fucking easy. Slavery. Like, literally... That's, that's, I knew that, I knew that in elementary school. I can't, this is, this is not, this isn't about lying. We're used to having him lie. We're used to having him, you know, obfuscate the truth or, or push out propaganda. This is about, this isn't about that though. This is a little different in that this is genuine, uh, just ignorance on, on a disturbing level that really makes me, I can't even be mad about it because it really makes me question how how sane he he truly is i i mean that because how could you have gone through school of any kind in this country and not have learned about the civil war and know just automatically know it was over slavery well he did but he went through the trump university version no that explains it i need to like literally fucking say okay first of all not only okay he was a very tough person. He was really angry that he that what he saw was happening with regard to the Civil War. How did he see shit, Donald? Can you tell me that, Big D? How did he see fucking shit? He died almost a generation before the Civil War even happened. No one fucking no one fucking knew that. He was what, what did he have? He didn't have a fucking crystal ball. Number two, Andrew Jackson owned 150 slaves. How is he going to stop the Civil War from happening? How how could Andrew Jackson of all people a, not just a slaveholder, but a really fucking staunch one. Like, we've had slaveholders throughout history who, it, there's no excusing it, but they realized it was, like, bullshit, right? Like, they were like, oh, fuck, I'm an awful human being. Yeah, they were. But they realized that Andrew Jackson was all for it. Even, like, he was all for the slave trade. He, there was, there was actual writing from Andrew Jackson um, on a receipt for purchasing another human being where he says, I cannot purchase at this price because there are three whiplashes on his back. You will either have to whip him again to make it four and lower the price or just lower the price automatically uh, for for me. He literally suggested, like, maybe I should whip him a fourth time to convince you to lower the price on this human being. That yeah. is, that, that's historical fact. How is that man going to prevent the Civil War? Yeah, and I mean, let's just also not forget the bloodbath that he led against Native Americans. Literally, it's called the Trail of Tears. Yeah. <laughs> For a reason. How do you... How, how... Everybody has heard... Everybody knows what the Trail of Tears is. How does... I, I'm done. That's it. No, Donald Trump thinks that the Trail of Tears was his walk into uh, declaring his third bankruptcy. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he considers to be a national tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I am noticing, though, this little this little trend that we're seeing with these Mad Libs that Donald Trump does. And it's it's pretty genius, honestly. And it requires no work on the journalists. All they do is just have to not say anything and just let him continue talking. 
he will just start saying anything that comes into his head. Anything. It's, and what's even more, I think what's even just as entertaining, if not more, is the, is the Republican representatives on the news stations trying to defend yep. what he was saying. Yep. I oh, Scotty Nell agree. Hughes, she's my favorite. I completely agree. You know what, agree. Scotty? <laughs> the problem is, is that now people are, so this is what's truly disturbing to me. Okay, so yeah, Donald Trump's a, like a literal fucking moron. We all get it. The real problem is, is that now there are people defending these comments, and one of the ways that they're trying to defend it is by contesting the idea that the Civil War was actually over slavery. They're trying oh, yeah. to say, they're, now they're, they're trying to say, oh, well, slavery was a factor, maybe, yeah, sure, okay, but it wasn't what the whole war was about. It was really about X, Y, and Z, and it was really about, you know, th- their big thing is it was, it was really about the South's economy and how they were really, like, the bulwark for the American mm-hmm. economy, and they yeah. weren't getting the credit for that. Yeah, they were the bulwark for the American economy because of slavery, I feel like any of the justifications they're trying to offer for this, you can tack on because of slavery. Yeah. It brings it back to the same thing. I've heard the same shit. People be like, well, it wasn't really about slavery. It was about states' rights. And I'm like, yeah, states' rights to own slaves. Yeah. Exactly. All it is. All you got to do is just say, yeah, but slavery. And I, you know, I listen, there's, there is favorite word, a little bit of nuance to the civil war that I do think gets lost. I mean, for example, when, uh, originally, the slaves were freed. Um, that it did not include the northern states. Now, the northern states had a small, tiny ass fraction of slaves compared to the southern states. But it is true that they were hypocrites and they kept their slaves uh, longer than the South did, and that was deliberate on part of Lincoln because he wanted to have the southern slaves turn out in his favor and fight for him and for the North. So. There's definitely some nuance that gets lost, mm-hmm. but that's true of any historical event. That is true of of any war in particular, and it doesn't change that the overarching reason was slavery. It doesn't change that. Right. Like, there are different factors that were consistent with slavery from both sides, but it still boils down to slavery. It's still, it was still, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's call yeah. a spade a spade. Yep. Seriously. It was Let's fucking slavery. Thing. And it is, I and can't even imagine how offensive this is to, you know, ancestors of slaves that their president, their president, the sitting president of the United States can't even answer this question or won't answer this question accurately. I would just be uh, sick. Vomiting well, I'm just, all over I'm so. still very troubled by the fact that he wants to compare himself to Andrew Jackson. Like, There are so many, like, I mean, for instance, Barack Obama, early on in his first term, he was trying to present himself in in sort of a a Lincoln-esque way, right? Mm -hmm. Which makes sense, like comparing yourself to somebody like Lincoln or FDR, like, or even Reagan, who I disagree with a lot of things on, but I think that he wasn't a bad guy. Like, but Andrew Jackson... Yep. It was fucking insane. Like, I, I'm just like, wait, what? Who, Andrew, like, who, who on your team was like, yep, Jackson, that's the one. This is the same guy that we talked about on the $20 bill, who even, wasn't even for currency. Or I honestly currency. believe 
there's there's either yeah no Laura 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 you're right that he he was truly genocidal in the truest sense of 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 that term like your reference to the Trail of Tears and his slaughtering of Native Americans I mean he he was an awful president anyone in the world that is listening right now I don't care where you are in the world Google right now worst presidents in American history I guarantee you Andrew Jackson will be on that list. Why you would look up to that dude, I don't know. And I think there's either one of two reasons why Donald Trump names him. It's either because he is genuinely ignorant and just doesn't know the history of Andrew Jackson and just sort of spouts his name off randomly because he knows the name and it sounds good. Or, Or it's some weird fucking dog whistle shit where he knows that a lot of Americans and particularly a lot of the world don't know enough history to realize how awful Andrew Jackson is. But the people who do know who Andrew Jackson is are those who admire him. And those are the people that Trump wants on his side. So it's like he, he knows if he references Andrew Jackson as someone to admire, it'll get his base riled up because they probably fucking like him too. Right. But it's not even just, it's not even just Trump, though. I feel what's really, really dangerous is the people who are paid to agree with him and to try to validate his opinions on things. And that is what gives Trump more of a window and an opportunity just to spew out whatever he wants and to try to get people on his side by saying hurtful, insensitive, racist, you name it. It's the, but it's the people that are on these news sites that are defending him. Whether they agree with it or not, they are going to try their very best to try to validate everything that he says or say like, or interpret what he meant instead of what he said. Like, I think that is the most dangerous factor that we have with, with the shit that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, the, the story doesn't stop here. So Trump's been no. throwing a fit on Twitter. Uh, because surprise, surprise, his wall is not being funded. Uh, he had a couple of doozies about a day or so ago. Uh, he said, the reason for the plan negotiated between Republicans and Democrats is that we need 60 votes in the Senate, which are not there. We either elect more Republican senators in 2018 or change the rules now to 51%, referring to the majority needed in order to pass something. Mm-hmm. Our country needs a good shutdown in September to fix this mess. So you have the leader of the free world on Twitter promoting a government shutdown. See, this, <laughs> this is what really irritates me, too, because once this conversation starts, you know Sean Spicer or Kellyanne Conway or someone from his administration is going to defend it because he put quotations between the word shutdown, meaning well, he didn't mean like a government shutdown. He meant a shutdown, like I'm shutting this down. I'm going to mm-hmm. fix this. I'm going to make America great again. And all shut shutdown. He... Right. Whatever. Sean Spicer came out like later on that day and defended it. And his in his defense was was saying something like, "Well, it's not a shutdown to actually shut down the government. They don't. We don't mean like." We want it to be, you know, an extended thing where it never, you know, it's shut down for weeks or months or something. But, you know, just to sort of prove a point, basically, you know, the good kind of shutdown. I'm like, what? There is no good kind of shutdown. There is no good kind of shutdown. He talks in fucking circles. 
Well, and this right. is, I mean, they, they try to use a government shutdown as, as a way to make a point. They did this under Obama, too. Which I think, frankly, is why they're so afraid of one and why it, it probably didn't happen. It's because they realize that they control every branch of government on the federal level right now. And for them to have a shutdown is real, would really, really just be, you know, um, um, it would be a referendum on their effectiveness uh, and, and their mm-hmm. leadership. And so before they could blame it on Obama and say, oh, you know, we're going to have a shutdown to prevent Obama from doing things. Now they don't have that excuse. And so I think that's why they are so averse to it, except for Trump, apparently, you know, he's just like, fuck right. it. And it's really it's it's really disheartening because when he said this, he this was during bipartisan negotiations like this was like there was going to be some success for both sides. But Trump tweeted it as it being a dangerous and um, like unfortunate thing that was happening because the Republicans weren't getting everything that they wanted. Because that's not how democracy works, apparently. Yeah. Is that it's all or nothing. This guy... There's no... There's nothing. He's treating the country like it's a glitchy Dell laptop that he can just, like, unplug, shut down, and restart, and it'll just, like, work the way he wants it to. And I don't I don't see that. Because he, as Elisa said, they control everything. They control everything, and he's trying to blame Democrats and saying that... They're obstructing and they're preventing us from getting what we want. When the fact of the matter is a lot of Republicans don't want to do what you want to do. So deep breath. Fuck that guy. Is that your new, is that your new mantra? That's my new mantra for getting that through the next four to eight years of this bullshit. I just can't because I'm at this point, I'm just like, he's, he's been, he's become so normalized. And that's what's becoming really dangerous about this. And I think to Elisa's earlier point about him him talking about this um, and, and, and how scary that is that the leader of the free world is doing this, I think this is the strategy. He brings it up and he's like, okay, shut down this fall. I'm going to bring it up in May. And I'm going to get my talking heads several months of time to normalize this and to spin this in a way that the American public will find to be palatable. And so now they've got plenty of time to try and spin this as being totally normal and something that we'll just shrug and go, oh, well, it's just Trump being Trump. Yeah. They're even talking, I don't know if you guys, um, did you guys watch a Stephen Colbert's opening monologue the other night? I did, and it was awesome. Where It was great. It was fucking great. I love, I love how Stephen Colbert's ratings are like number one now. Because he's starting to realize the more he talks about Trump, the more his ratings are getting. And that's really his forte anyways. So, like, we all win. But, I mean, last night's was a doozy. I I really loved Slash kind of was terrified because now now the administration, or at least the the very, very conservative uh, uh, Republicans on TV, are playing with the idea of, you know, getting rid of the First Amendment. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like this was the opening (laughs) to every like dystopian uh, fantasy science fiction book Mm -hmm. is like, like this is probably how the Hunger Games started. Yes. Yes. They got, they got rid of the first amendment and made the second amendment, the first amendment. 
Anyway. Mm-hmm. Last <laughs> last story on the news docket today, Matt. Um, in what ways is Amazon infiltrating our personal lives? Well, you know, <laughs> I love infiltrate because it is very. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm just gonna go into it. Um, Amazon has uh, unveiled a hands-free camera powered by its voice-activated assistant Alexa. I'm sure we're all familiar with Alexa. And it's called the Echo Look. Now what it is, is it's essentially an Amazon Echo or just a speaker with eyes. And what's what its job is to tell you about how you look in those jeans, whether you look good or not. The Echo Look's marquee feature is, quote, style check, which uses advanced machine learning algorithms and advice of unidentified fashion specialists to determine which outfit looks best on you based on current trends and what's flattering you. So basically, there's a new Echo, there's a new Alexa that's going to be telling you whether your ass looks good in those jeans. What the um, fuck? Yeah. So what happens is, according to, according to an Amazon spokesperson, when you take a photo of your daily look, product recommendations are provided based on what you are wearing. And you can tap on a product and we'll go to the product's detail page in the Amazon app to learn more and or purchase it. So I so this this is why I think Amazon came up with this. So you press a button. It looks you up, says how good you look or not. And then it has recommendations on clothes to buy that will look good on you on Amazon. What's the incentive for them to tell you you look good? So they can buy more clothes on Amazon. No, but what I'm saying is, what's the incentive oh. for them to say you look good, right? Because, like, if you look great... Oh, yeah. But, you know? like, I think what it's going to say is, like, you look good in that. Here are other uh, outfits that are similar to this that you would look good in, too. That just... But, I this, Something like this terrifies me, because I, I would say, like, four-fifths of my life, I look distinctly homeless when I walk out of the house. So, like, because I'm just, I just don't give a shit anymore. I'm like, t-shirt, jeans, if you're lucky, uh, hair up in a bun. I don't think Amazon would like it. I don't, I, I worry about what Amazon, well, like, what, what if they, what, what if there's, like, a virus and the whole thing goes drug? It's like, <laughs> you look particularly fat today. That's what I expect. <laughs> like, like, you oh, turn, wow. like, you turn around and it's like. Maybe you should go for a jog before you put those on, fatty. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> nice cellulite. Yeah. Like, Alexa's like, oh, Elisa, maybe it's too early in the season for you to wear this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or like, or like, try eating a banana once in your life. Yeah. Like, it just, I can just see, I can see with all like the hackers and the viruses and whatever yeah. out there, this would be, this is like the perfect tool to yeah. really just troll the country, I think. And that, I, I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> if I had the capabilities, like, that's how I would use them. I would just, I would turn it into, like, insults, like the comic dog. <laughs> yeah. Did you know this that kinda... kale is a superfood? <laughs> you know, if they did something a little different than this, like, whether, like, like, they would take a 3D panorama picture of your body, and then you look, you go on Amazon and look up clothes, and then just have like this app like just put the clothes on you so you can see how it looks on you when you buy it you, you know, know there's they, they have something it. like they have something like that for hairstyles yeah, yeah but they have i mean you look you look 
You look fucking stupid. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do, but I, yeah, we might not. Yeah. I just... Well, I'm... I mean, I, okay, so I don't look good in a bob, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, some, maybe some highlights. I think I would look better with it, but the pictures don't say so. Anyway, this thing is going to cost about 200 bucks. It's the most expensive Echo that they're coming out with to date, and it's only open via invitation. But, okay. I mean, God, even that, like, if you get an invitation in the mail, like, I would think, what? Do I really need one of these? You know what? Apparently, Amazon thinks I need this. I, I would get one, but only if I could program it to have your voice, Matt, because I just, mm-hmm. I, th- I it would be super amusing to me, this coming from the man who a few years ago, we were all getting ready to go out, the three of us actually on this panel, we we're in DC getting ready to go out for the night. And like I had put on a pair of skinny jeans and like a nice blouse and some flats. And I thought I looked pretty good. And that comes, <laughs> that comes up to me and just like super casually, like he reaches out and like fluffs one of my sleeves and he goes, I'm glad we decided to go casual tonight. (laughs) And then he just walks away. He just just walks the fuck away. And And I was, I was so, I was so stunned that I, I was just like, Oh, wow. Oh, that was such an asshole thing. But I didn't mean it like the way that you're saying it. <laughs> no, you totally I'm sure did. I said it in a nicer no, way. You, no, you didn't. didn't. And you're like, yes, bitch, you weren't even there. You were throwing up there. on the rug. I was not throwing up on the rug. That was several hours later. I was there when you said that, and it was pretty sassy. No, Elisa and I made eye contact, and I think we were both moderately scared. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to be one of those nights. As soon as he said that to Lara, I, like, turned and looked in the mirror and started looking at my outfit. I got very (laughs) self-conscious. I think I might have changed my top. I don't know. (sighs) That was Um, funny. But, yeah, that's the the experience that I want. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's probably most likely just going to be my voice laughing. That's what, you know, I I think, though, Oh, it's a casual night. Yeah, like, oh, I'm glad to see that you stopped oh. caring. Are you uh, are you staying in tonight? <laughs> You're right. You should be comfortable. <laughs> oh God, those are you be the pajamas, <laughs> and you're like, this yeah. is a suit. I'm going to a club. What? <laughs> yeah. The fuck is that? I thought you threw that away last month. <laughs> see, I would pay two hundred dollars for that, but for like the actual <laughs> yeah. thing, no. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Well, we're reaching Ugh. the end of this week's episode. I know we had a cu- at least one recommendation for our listeners at home. Yeah, I guess um, it's just me this week. Uh, so my recommendation is the Handmaiden's Tale. It's a new series on Hulu. I don't know if have you even read the book, or it's oh. called The Handmaid's Tale. Sorry, not The Handmaid's yeah, yeah, yeah. Tale. Yeah. yeah, get get it fucking right, Matt. But it's fucking amazing. And it's also terrifyingly poignant for what's going on right now. I've heard that. It's it's scary. No, it's it's literally like within the past week, like things that went that they did on the show is kind of happening right now. And that's like with the First Amendment and everything like they get 
it's like a, it's a dystopian uh, story that's supposed to be set like like almost in an alternate universe of what's going on right now, like right now within this year. Mm. So it's so... really great. It's uh, it's star it stars um, Elizabeth Olsen who plays Peggy from Mad Men. It's she was it's also on like... West Wing, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah, yeah, that too. She, she was, was President she was also Bartlett's a burn daughter. victim in Girl Interrupted. But yeah, it's, it's fucking great. So I recommend everyone to watch the show if you haven't already. So I have a question. I don't understand Hulu. I've never used it. I don't get it. Is it the same thing as Netflix? It's kind of like Netflix, yeah. But it shows that, uh, like it's, like it's, I don't know how to describe it. Like what what people are drawn to, what it has that's different than Netflix is it shows episodes of TV that's happening right now. So, like, you can watch yesterday's episode of uh, Boz Burgers or something. Mm. Like, it will sh- it will air the show from the network that it airs from. Oh, okay. Like, the day in, after it airs. In almost, in almost real time. Unlike Netflix, which gets the rights to the series, like, sometimes months or years later. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, and Netflix is also more now, you know, its own entity with its own um, original series and stuff. And Hulu's been trying to do the same thing, like they did The Man in High Castle. Um, and I think uh, Casual was another uh, popular one of theirs. But uh, this, I think, is the one that they've been trying to get, like this type of the success. Like this is a solid show. How much is Hulu every month? Um, I think it is uh, seven ninety nine a month. I'm sorry, eight ninety nine a month. And then if you want, it, it does have commercials, like one commercial uh, on each episode. But if you pay like an extra three or four dollars a month, you get no uh, commercial free. Mm. All right. I'll have to check it out. I'm very, very interested in it. I know it's a great book. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely, I want to, I just want to, I want to watch it so bad. So wait, last question, I swear. Is it like Netflix in that every episode is released at the same time? No, actually. Uh, but this particular show is a little different because they released uh, three episodes already. Okay. Uh, on the first day that they uh, premiered the, the show. And then I think it's going to be every Wednesday after that. But, All right, you know, cool. I don't know. I think Hulu is starting to get on like the binge train. With their original shows, yeah. But um, right now, right now, uh, there's only four episodes. All right, gotcha. so we'll you have plenty of time. It's so fucking addicting. Cool. We'll have to check ah! it out. I also have a quick recommendation. Uh, I recommend Chick Fil A's Frosted Strawberry Lemonade. What? This what? shit is so good. This shit is like crack. Just what? try it. How many You'll calories? Thank me. I don't fucking know, Matthew. Just fucking Google it. How many calories? Well, I don't really trust Chick-fil-A and they're like their shakes and shit because it's apparently like the worst. Okay, well, it's it's a milkshake, Matthew. That should be self-explanatory. A lot is the mm-hmm. answer, but it's... Oh, it's 460. Yeah, it's really fucking good. So worth it. It's like all, <laughs> all the best things about a milkshake and strawberries and lemonade, like all together. Just amazing. Mm. With some ice cream. Well, that was enlightening. Yeah, you're welcome. We went from dystopian, like, 
alternate universe to Chick-fil-A. Seems fitting, to be honest with you. Laura's like, I recommend, on this week's episode, I recommend escapism. (laughs) I recommend feeding your fat fucking face so that Amazon can insult the shit out of you tomorrow. Yep. And you can watch videos of people pressure washing while you do all of that. Listen, that is... Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I recommend... We could really solve all of this just by getting Kendall Jenner to get one of those frosted strawberry lemonades. And give it to a pressure it, washer. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I recommend I just two it. things, okay? I recommend... I recommend actually going to Reddit and finding their power washing porn subreddit. It's a real thing. <laughs> It's a real thing, and it's a great thing, and you're welcome in advance. Our power-washing porn. I also recommend, number two, getting a best friend that understands you and doesn't just mock your life's interests. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. If your best friend understands you, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. You know what? I'm done. You'll you'll thank me one day. I'm done. Uh, Moving on, today in After Dark, we are going to be talking about relationship phases, because the three of us are in relationships right now and at very different phases right matt at very different phases yeah very much so and fun fact we're going to talk about this super personal topic with my boyfriend in the room so sweet that won't sweet. be weird at all well and, if it makes uh, you feel any better elisa my boyfriend listens to after dark <laughs> so this will just be great well mine is mine is apparently coming up the stairs right now mm-hmm. to walk in so this is going to be great. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I decided to do this. Let's just try to out-awkward each other. This is perfect. I think we should ask each other questions okay. that we know we don't want to answer. <laughs> so, that, so that when God they inevitably it. hear it or listen. God. Yes, 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 damn yes, it. yes. All right, I'm all right, I like all this. Right. I'm excited. All right. Uh, don't forget to go to our website, millennialshow.com. Check out uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash millennialshow. Is that right? Did I get that right? I don't fucking know. Yeah, uh, Twitter.com forward slash millennialshow. Uh, go to facebook.com slash group slash millennialshow to join our Facebook group. You might want to tweet us or email us or something when you join because we get a lot of bot requests. So we have to go through and pick and choose who we let in. And with that said, Elisa, what is our outro music for this week? This is for our long lost friend Andrew. This is With or Without You by YouTube. Oh God, he's this gonna sh- be like jerking it the entire time he hears this. I just feel like it's fitting. This show, we can't live with or without him, you know? Do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> you get it. You're welcome. I, I, I do. I do. Thank you. God, so All right, everyone. Good. Well, we will see some of you in today's episode of After Dark. For the rest of you, we'll see you next week on Season 3, Episode 17. Bye-bye. Bye. Without you, without you.